We've been studying Ephesians, and today we're getting into the, the nitty-gritty of chapters 4 and 5. And so we're, our lesson today is on, uh, of course, the entire book of Ephesians is about the church. And today, uh, four and, chapter 4 and 5, we won't cover it all, but we'll get uh, way up into at least chapter uh, 4. And uh, our theme today is the necessity of unity and holiness. Or we might say the relationship of unity and holiness. And when all of the aspects of the church come together, then the church becomes a mighty force in the world. When the church is filled with the spirit and alive with the spirit, it becomes a mighty force in the world. So <clears throat> we're going to read Ephesians 5, 27. So we're, we're going to the end of the section, which is chapter 5, and we're using it because it really is the theme of the entire section. It, actually, I consider it the theme of the whole book. But uh, we're going to read it here today. And if you can see it in the red, then you can follow along. If you have your Bible open, let's read it together, shall we? That he might present it to himself a glorious church. Let's do that again. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Let's lift our hands and praise the Lord for the word of God. Father, today I pray that you will help us to see the value of obeying the scripture and being everything we can be to make the church a revival force in the last days. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now you may be seated. We're going to get into our lesson. So God's church is a unified waiting bride. Everybody say bride. The church is like the uh, the bride that is prepared for her husband or her groom and is arrayed in, in beauty. And, of course, the beauty of the church is its truth and the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm calling it revival today, although, of course, Ephesians doesn't particularly say revival. But, of course, when you have the power of God and salvation, people get in the Holy Ghost. That's what I call revival. And so it's arrayed. The church is arrayed in truth and revival. That he might present it to, to whom? To himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle. Everybody say not having spot or wrinkle. Okay. Now, some people say, well, you, everybody knows the church full of hypocrites and bad people and so on. And but, but God, you know, it's just the way it is. No, 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 the church is not full of hypocrites and bad people. If they're hypocrites and bad people, they're not part of the church. And when the rapture comes, then then that'll all be settled. So if somebody's a fake, let's say, or somebody's a devil or they're beating their wife or their kids and, and they're full of the devil. Then anybody. Listen, how could you go to heaven and be full of the devil? How, how could you go to heaven? And be full of the devil. That's just not, it's not going to happen. I don't care if the uh, most powerful man, the most biggest theologian, the, 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 whoever it is, that is absolutely false. The church is to be holy. Everybody say holy. It didn't just say, it could have just said holy, but it didn't just say that because there is a, there is a way in which the church becomes refined. In other words, in its glorious moment, it is holy and without blemish. It is, uh, as it were, everything God meant for it to be. Now, does that mean that every person is perfect and they never burn the toast? I don't think so. I think folks will still be burning the toast. Now, I'm not saying that I have experience with that. I have no experience with it. Since French doesn't burn the toast, of course. 
And I, d- I do, but she doesn't burn the toast. Uh, so we're not talking about everyone is perfect and they never uh, think a wrong thought or do the wrong thing. Some is, of course, this is in our youth class. This is our adult class. But um, it is true that we are to be holy and without blemish as members of the church. But this is referring to the church body striving just like right now. My body is striving to express to you. I'm using my voice, my arms, my feet. I'm standing. I've, I've got the, they got a little thing here. I told them put this here sometime back and oh man have I ever been doing a lot better preaching now that they got this little pad down here and uh, and I can bounce it kind of bounces a little bit and so if it, it, some of you think I'm just really moving around but it's this it's this new pad down here that makes me want to just spring over there and run over there hallelujah but my, what's happening is my entire person I could say my body which, of course, it is my body, but it is more than just my body. Many people may not think of my voice as part of my body, but it's coming from this, this very tall preacher. It's coming from this tall preacher right here. My voice is coming through this microphone, all the things working together to, to do something. Well, I'm a part of the body of Christ. So when I get up and I'm a leader in the church and, I have a, and I'm responsible to God, then I am responsible to God to be holy and without blemish and to preach the same. So when a preacher says, oh, well, nobody can be holy. I, I hear it every day. I hear preachers because, you know, I have a Ph.D. and I've worked with people and I've taught at the university. I've had all kinds of theological people say, well, tell me, ever, nobody's. I mean, we're in a whole new world these days. That's what you hear. See, the new thing is, well, the Bible says that, but we're in a whole new world. People are going to do evil things and, and they're going to be immoral. Nobody can stop that. And I, I said, well, nobody's trying to stop it. Nobody's trying to tell people whether they can uh, do what they choose to do because it is a free country. Just don't try to stop us from preaching the gospel. Let us preach the gospel. Of course, you see, that's the whole idea. The devil doesn't want anybody preaching the gospel. Any kind of lie is fine. Any kind of anything's fine as long as it's not the gospel. So he's going to be a church. It's a glorious church. He's going to present it to himself. That's a whole other thing. Present it to himself, not having spot or wrinkle. In other words, when this happens at that moment, here the bride's getting ready. It's kind of like wedding day. That's why I'm using this. All right. So the necessity now uh, in this whole uh, uh, imagery of the bride of unity and and holiness. Just think of a wedding where the bride comes down and she says, I'm not wearing a nice dress. I'm wearing this old thing. I was working in the garden yesterday and I'm wearing this. And, and do you take this man to be? I'm not going to agree to that. Just think of that. Think of a wedding. Just think of the big moment. And there's thousands of people and they walk up and the husband says, she is so ugly. I don't think I can. I don't want to say yes right at the moment. I'll sign the papers, but I won't say just think of it. But yet there's all kinds of people that tell, think they're telling God, here's what I do. I'll do this and this, and I want to go to heaven. Here's my deal. Here's my deal. I'm going to go to church once a year, and I'm going to be uh, a kind of accept certain things in the, religiously, and then I plan to go to heaven. I don't want any discussion about this. I do not want to be damned. I don't want any kind of judgment. Nobody can judge me. See, that's the world we're in. That's the world we're in. But it's... Uh, sorry, folks, it didn't work that way. There's, there's coming a day. What's that old song? Is this French is here? Okay. I was going to sing, but uh, I have a pack that I won't. 
as much as I want to, I want to sing. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right. So, uh, and so it is. Now, let's go, shall we, to the next scripture. And I'm going back a little bit. This is going to confuse you because I'm going back into chapter 2. Uh, but I wanted to set, it's sort of a review of where we're going into chapter five. And we won't even finish five because I'm, I'm, I'm all just having too much of a good time. But it says here in verse two, we're in, in time past. Everybody say past. In the past, you walked in, according to the course of this world. Now, I find many Christians that walk exactly like the world walks. I see them all the time. And they'll tell me, oh, in fact, I had a professor at a Christian university that I graduated from that said, Talmadge, you're a holiness preacher, but that is crazy. Nobody needs to be different from the world. If you're different from the world, they're not going to want it. That's what they told me. And I said, well, how come our church is going faster than yours? If nobody wants, somebody's wanting it. Or we wouldn't be growing. In fact, this church I'm a part of is one of the fastest growing churches in the world. And why is that? Well, you know, someone might have their own explanation. I just believe when you preach it. Well, by the way, it doesn't matter if anybody believes it. The truth is the truth if nobody believes it. Adolf, they couldn't tell Adolf Hitler anything. Didn't mean he was right. Just meant they couldn't do anything about it. They used tanks and guns and everything else. And eventually it became clear to the world it was wrong. So just saying it doesn't make you right. So we, they walk according to the course of the, this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. In other words, the thing that they're doing is, is of the devil, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation when? In times past. My point, of course, is that this is the theme of four and five. It's just worded differently. And that is that we are to be obedient, not disobedient. Are you following me? We're to be obedient See, this is not a catchword for the postmodern world. When you say to people these days, uh, be obedient, Brother Mooney referred to this Friday night in a very powerful way. When you say in a modern world that this is what God demands, you know, they run and turn the TV on. They haven't got time for that. Well, but at the same time, it's still true. And so those who are listening and who are hungry for God receive it, and that's why millions of people. Do you know that millions of people are being filled with the Holy Ghost right now? All over. People are getting the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues all over the world. In nations, nobody can believe it. I'm talking Muslim nations. I'm talking nations where it seems Christianity is long gone. But people are getting the Holy Ghost in those nations. Because God is pouring the Spirit out and changing lives. But He's not giving the Spirit to demons. No, He's not. He's not giving the spirit to demons. That's why they have to create this whole new world of, oh, well, I can have four or five wives and I can be a devil, but I'm still going to heaven. They, they give that image, but it's not true. That's not true. Nobody's going to heaven that isn't the bride of Christ. Okay, nobody's going to marry. Of course, that's all symbolic. All right, so among whom also we had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we're by nature the children of wrath. So all that's been changed. Everybody say praise the Lord. Can we just lift our hands and thank God that he's changed us by the power of God. We thank you, Lord, because there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the spirit. We give you praise. Now I'm going to go on. Let's, what verse was that? That was the beginning. All right. I, I, I could skip this. Uh, oh, Lord Jesus. I'm going to skip it. Let's skip the next one, brother. All right. I don't. I want to get as far as I can. Now I'm jumping into chapter four. Now grab your Bibles. All right. Grab your Bibles. We're now into chapter 4. Now, I know we got 
this far last time, but, but now we're going to try to move ahead. All right, and we're talking about the key responsibility. Everybody say the key. Everybody say the key. The key responsibility of the church is what? Unity. That's its number one. That's its key responsibility. Without that key, the door does not open. And, of course, the door that we're trying to open is the door of revival and truth. We're trying to open a door that allows God in instead of shuts him out. You know, God would move in a lot of places, but he's not welcome to move there. Someone said, well, I can't get the Holy Ghost. I prayed, but I can't get the Holy Ghost. You have to welcome him in. And you have to believe him. You have to have believe the truth. You have to say, yes, I believe the truth. I want, Lord, I desire to talk in my heart. If you say to God, I don't have any responsibility to God, then you're not going to get the truth of the gospel brought into your life. But I'm going to tell you something. When you get a hold of the gospel, everything starts changing. Hallelujah. I mean, suddenly things begin to happen that are unbelievable. Now, I'm going to jump into verse uh, 1. I believe it's for, let, let me, oh, I'm in Ezekiel. Hold on just a sec. All right. I didn't say Ezekiel, did I? Okay. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy. Okay, yeah, we're in chapter 4, verse 1. Walk worthy. Everybody say, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. The church, the bride, it's going to come down the aisle. It's going to be a center of the attention of God. The world may be using nuclear bombs. Hey, by the way, folks, we've got hurricanes on the coast. We've got Nuclear bombs trying to get across, and I guess the two or three of them Friday were duds. Well, we were having church. We were shouting, whoa, hallelujah. They were trying to shoot nuclear bombs across the ocean. We are in the craziest world. We may be in the, I mean, I know Hitler in his day, but we, we may be in the craziest generation some people are arguing it is a crazy, the craziest generation. I, I don't know how they would know that. I know one thing, it's the craziest I've ever seen, and I'm not even over 100 years old yet. Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. You're called to, this is your responsibility, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in what? In love. With all lowliness. See that? Everybody see that word all? See how I made it bigger? Okay? With all lowliness and meekness. You can't just say, well, I, I tried to be humble. I went in. I ate humble pie. See? Can't do that. It's got to be all meekness. All, I mean, all humility. Lowliness is humility. So with all lowliness and meekness. In other words, you have to, if you're going to have unity, and holiness. By the way, folks, people don't live holy that are not humble. It's not possible. Now, some people might wear the right dress or something like that, but they're not holy. Holiness gets a hold of you. Hallelujah. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring, and notice the little arrow. I'm going to have to use this. I can see you need me to do this. All right? See the little, it's hard to see anyway. So, so endeavoring means to give diligence, to be very eager, make every effort. Endeavoring to keep the unity, everybody say unity, the unity, uh, the unity of the spirit. Now there we go. Now I, I feel the, 
the Lord nudging us a little bit. The unity of the spirit, not just the unity of ourselves. We need to have unity. How many knows if you have the unity of the spirit? Someone said, well, let's let's get together and agree that we can all uh, sin, you know, like on Saturdays and just really be full of sin. And we agree on it. Let's vote on that. I'll tell you what you'd have in many parts, 100%. Saturday's a free day. <laughs> I, Lord, forgive me. I'm really way too wound up. All right, so endeavoring to keep the unity of the what? The spirit. It's the spirit's unity that we've got to keep. In other words, we have to get united with the spirit. If the spirit says it, that's what we want. Anybody want what God wants here today? The unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Praise God. Okay, so let's go to the next one because I want to talk about that a little more. So the secret to the unity of the church is verse 2, all lowliness, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing. Now, let's talk about them in their order. Let's just talk about them in fairly common uh, words. Instead of uh, long-suffering, we, we say that. We all understand it, but we're just going to say it another way, I guess we could say. So the church has a key in this world that opens the door of truth to those who need it. It opens the door. It allows the glory of God in. There's no such thing as someone that doesn't need the church because this is his church. It's a glorious church. He's going to present the church. He didn't say, oh, here's the church, and oh, by the way, here's sister so-and-so. She's better than everybody else. So come on in, honey. Just think of that. Lord, help me. I'm overstirred. Lord, what is wrong? I'm so stirred up. And, and so here's brother so-and-so. He couldn't get along with anybody at all. He hated everybody. So come on in, brother. We saved you a special place right up here in heaven. You've got your own heaven. You don't have to get with any of the other saints. You just come in and just, just roam all over heaven all by yourself forever. No, no, that's so crazy. Of course not. No, it's, it's a glorious church. Folks, let me tell you something. The very first thing <laughs> that you've got to have, if you're going to feel the presence of God, if you're going to have the unity of the Spirit, it has to begin with humility. If you walk to the altar and say, I have a Ph.D., you have flunked. You have just flunked. If you tell God, I know Greek and Hebrew, Latin, Aramaic, and a couple others, you have flunked because none of that will commend you to God. Or you walk up with your money. Here's my money. Here's what commends me, Lord. I want to, here's what I want. I'll, I'll get what I want. No, no, it's not getting what you want. It's getting what God wants. Praise God. And that, of course, is the secret to a church that can unlock the gospel to a world. Can we just praise you one more time? I really feel like God is talking to our hearts. That all begins with humility. It begins with humility. Now, I know I get criticized for this. People say, well, you know, Brother Finch, you're just one of those humble guys, and, and that's easy for you. But not everybody says, you know, you're, you're just one of those nice people. People will say that to me once in a while. You're just nice, but I'm not nice. I'm not very nice. I said, you didn't have to tell me that.
what they're doing is they're arguing with God. They're saying to God, I don't need humility. I, over, I, tr I trump humility with myself. I know what to do, and I'm going to do it. I just stomp on people. That's the way I do it. Well, that's not going to open the door of truth to this world. And say to people, well, what I'm going to use is my ability, uh, my education, and so on. No, no, it's none of that. Or maybe your glib tongue or your great oratory. None of that's going to do it. What's going to do it is a humble heart that surrendered to God. Hallelujah. So he said, with all humility and kindness. Now, see, I've retranslated that word for you because I, at the very base of the notion of the Greek word, the center of that word is to be kind. There's no such thing as meekness that doesn't have kindness at, at its center. And a spirit-filled person, no matter what their personality, they may be uh, controlling, they may be really strong personality, but at the center, I don't, some of the most powerful people I ever knew at the center of their soul was a basic kindness, a basic concern, humility, kindness. Are you able to say patience this morning? Anybody here, could you say patience? That wasn't very many. I was afraid of that. Uh, let's see. I want to see if we can get a, almost a few of us, at least a few up the front here that can say the word patience. Let's try it. Oh, that was pretty good. All right, patience. That's hard for some people to say patience. I'm very impatient, by the way, to say the word patience. Uh and I want to say this. I want to say this publicly. The thing, I don't have to worry about a heart of, like, I, I, I can just hear, uh, uh, I mean, I know my nature. I, I'm, I've got kind of a soft cinder. I'm like that cookie. What was that cookie we got? That's kind of my nature. I'm kind of, I'm kind of gentle, as it were. That's just my nature. I don't have this hardness about me. It's just not my nature. And, and so I have to deal with things. And the thing that I have to deal with when you're a, uh, what's that cookie called? Do you remember? Was it a gooey or something cookie? You don't want to tell me? Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, melting chocolate? No, no. Molten chocolate? I never, no, no. It was, it was a really fancy name. I need a fancy name. It, uh, and they come in the package and then they're ooey gooey on the inside. I thought they were called ooey gooey. Soft something, soft. That's it. I told you it's a very fancy name. Soft batch. See? Well, I'll tell you what's I want to tell you what's wrong with soft batch. What they have to deal with is they have a hard time with patience. They want it done now. They want it done without the patience. But if we're going to open a door that changes our generation, we have to be patient. Now, folks, you cannot go to heaven and never read your Bible. You're going to have to have the patience to sit down with your Bible. You're going to have to have the patience to say, does the Bible really say I need to be baptized? Or should I just listen to somebody over here that tells me it doesn't matter? You had better be patient with God and listen to the word of God. 
I have people all the time, very brilliant people, that will say, I tell much, I, I don't I just don't see why I need to receive the 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 the, the, the Holy Ghost. They wouldn't say that way, but I don't the, here's what they'll say. I don't think I need to speak in tongues. That's what they actually say. Because they don't want to admit that that's receiving the Holy Ghost. So they'll say usually, tell much, I, I'm I'm thrilled for you. Here, here's the conversation. You you I know you you talk in tongues, you have a degree in ancient language, and, and I understand, you know, you're not a dummy or anything like that, but that's that's good for you. That's okay for you because, you know, that's your thing or something like that. And I just smile. I'm thinking what they're really doing is they're, they're saying for me, see, I'm, that's not my thing. So I don't have, I can excuse myself from it. I don't even have to consider. So sometimes I'll start with this and I'll say, well, wonder why the mother of Jesus, Mary, I wonder why she spoke in tongues and you don't have to, but she did. I wonder why you, you don't have to, but she did. And every single one of the apostles did. And in the upper room, everybody that was up there did. So that's how I usually start. And I'll say, but now maybe some of those didn't really need it, but they just did it, you know, because they just. No, folks, if you're going to get what you need from God, you're going to have to have the patience that said, I'm waiting upon God. I want what God wants. You can't say, I'm not going to pray. You have to pray. And saints of God, you've got the Holy Ghost. Patience is your greatest key to bringing revival to this end time world. Patience when you know it's an evil world and every day they're fighting everything you stand for. You women are dressing in a godly fashion. You men are walking in holiness and the world says it doesn't matter. You're crazy. But you've got to have the patience of almighty God opening the door and forbearing one another in love. Everybody say love. Okay, I've got to go. I've got to go. All right, let's go to the next one. So then, of course, verse 5. Let's go to verse 5. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Everybody say one baptism. There's not a bunch of baptisms. There's not a bunch of lords. There's not a bunch of faiths. But there's not a bunch of baptisms. You can't say, well, I think I'll baptize with um, maple syrup. That would be very, if I, I'm thankful I never joined a religion where they baptize in maple syrup. I would assume they would sprinkle. But you don't choose and say, well, this is my baptism. No, no, there's one baptism. And there's one name that's above every name. There's only one name that's above every name. Anybody know what that name is? <laughs> Hallelujah. There's one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. And so it is. Now let's keep going. I've got to hurry. So now we come to verse 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. <coughs> I'm sorry. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There's your patience. So if we're going to have unity... We have to come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. We have to grow, in other words. Everybody say grow. We've got to come back to that. Unto the measure of the stature. Of the, in other words, we to grow into Christ, become like him. Praise God. Could we just love him a little bit? I feel the, the Lord dealing with our hearts. Father, I, I want to know you. I want to love you. I want to serve you because you are worthy, and I thank you for it. Praise God. I want to be like you, Lord. I want to be like you. I, I want to know you, and I want you to search my heart, and I want you to make me what I ought to be. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. All right, now let's go to verse 13. That we henceforth be no more children. We, what we normally say today is you're a big baby. Have you ever, anybody heard that expression? That may just be a, another regional expression. He's a big baby. Anybody ever heard that over on this side? A couple of you have. Uh, he's a big, she's a big baby, whatever. They're a baby. That's the idea of no more, not be a child anymore. Toss. In other words, now let's think about, uh, and I, that may have set the, uh, put it in the wrong direction, but stay with me. That we henceforth be no more, ch- not be a child or a baby anymore. Toss to and fro. In other words, this is the, let's call that immaturity to where you can't even listen to the word of God. Because you just, oh, 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 I can't. Oh, I don't, oh, I don't care what the Bible says. No, no, that's, that's what a child would do. If you're hungry for God, then you would be listening to the voice of God. How many know what I'm saying? What if Noah would have said, no, no, I'm not building any boat. What, 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 what would that be? I'm not building any boat. Build a boat? You got to be kidding. Uh, it's exactly, I could hear the postmodern world. You've got to repent. We're not repenting. Build a boat? You've got to be kidding. All right, so henceforth, no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with what? Every wind of doctrine. And what causes this, see, that? I happen to know that word by there is a particular case, by the means of the slight of men. In other words, men can use their craftiness and cause people to move in certain directions. By the way, we're in a very dangerous generation where people are doing this all the time. They lie. They set up all kinds of schemes, but they're not the voice of God. What we are listening for is the voice of God. Uh, Someone said to me, I was at a university, and and they were saying, you, uh, tell me, are you one of those Pentecostals where you shout? I don't think they said shout, but uh, uh, I'm trying to think what they actually said because, you know, it's been a while. Um, uh, I can't remember the words they used. Uh, Do you jump? Yeah, do you run? And They did. They said, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, do you run and jump? And then (laughs) I want to get to the one thing they said. And roll. On the floor, that was the, and they just knew I was going to say no. Because when they added roll in the floor, they thought, well, surely Talmadge, I mean, no, Talmadge, he he may do a lot, he may run, and he may jump up, but he's not going to roll in the floor. And I said, you know, what's interesting about this is my mother just got the Holy Ghost and she'd been uh, uh, long, many years in sin. But when she was filled with the Holy Ghost, you know what she did? She just was slain in the Holy Ghost and she started rolling in the floor. So I'm a holy roller. Hallelujah. I've got a family. We're holy rollers. And I had a friend that was a, a kind of a semi-Pentecostal. It, come to me later, I'll tell you what a semi-Pentecostal is. And so he said, don't tell me, Joe, you kind of embarrassed me there because you, you admitted to rolling in the floor. That's a little too much for me. I said, I didn't say you rolled in the floor. I said, I, if God wants to knock me in the floor, I'm ready to fall to the ground. <laughs> Hallelujah. Whatever God wants to do. 
Now, admittedly, I haven't seen it a, a lot, a lot, a lot. I do a whole lot more running than I do hitting the floor. But if God is ready, I'm ready. Hallelujah. I want God to have his way. I don't want men to tell me what I can do when I'm praising God. I want to praise God. By the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Now, let's go to the next one. Uh, I'm reading now from the New Living. We will speak the truth in love. Are you able to see that? Okay, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way. Now, remember, this is the new living. Growing in every way more and more like Christ. And I'm, I've used this because I like this. Uh, I used to work for these guys, so I, I know the fellow that did this translating. We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. He makes the whole body fit together. Perfectly. Now, if you notice that I put in the little circle there, I've, I've taken a from a medical book. I've taken the the sinews or whatever. I don't know the medical terms I'm going to use. Uh, I'm not looking. I, I, I could look down at the King James, but the, the ligaments I'm using words that the King James would have used ligaments and sinew and, and the arm and how it works so that every single part, for example, I was going to use example of the hand. Where a lot of people don't realize there are many, 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 many muscles and ligaments in the hand. And, for example, when Christ was crucified and there's a whole lesson just on what was damaged or could have been damaged. But the Bible said there would not be a single bone. Oh, not a bone was broken. They drove those nails. They didn't break a bone. Now, they could have, but they didn't. But that hand operates. For example, I can do this. I can do that. Like that. Man, I can just really do some stuff. And that's just the hand. See, everything works in such a way, and it's all being controlled by from the body. And the body is operating in a certain way that he puts it so it fits perfectly together. Now, I'm going to go, I'm going to finish the verse with the uh, ESV, the, the uh, uh, English Standard. This is a fairly new translation, which I tend to uh, have, I, I sometimes can use it and feel comfortable. Joined and held together by every, see, I'm using this one because they're sticking pretty close to the Greek. Joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. Just imagine someone that says, and I'm, I'm watching the time, don't get nervous, that says, I don't need my hands or I'll just get rid of it. I mean, just imagine someone. Anybody does that, they are very, very ill. Or that says, I, I've got, I've got a, a joint here in my knee, but I think I'll just whack my leg off because I don't. Nobody would do such a thing. We need one another. We need revival. Hallelujah. We need revival. Joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So it is unity the unity of all of the parts of the body of Christ that causes it to grow. And so the people that came up here this morning and handed me the water, they're helping this church. The ones that are up in class right now and they're working with young children's lives back here in the nursery and they love those children. They're causing the church to grow every step they take. Every love, everything they do, they're a part of the body. Their movement is causing revival to come because it's done in love. Praise God. And sometimes, folks, you have to receive in love 
let me check. Let me check. I think I can do the very last one. Okay, I think we can. Uh, maybe not. But let's try it. Here we go. Verse 17. This I say, therefore, walk not as other Gentiles walk. See, the bride cannot walk down that aisle just like she's a Gentile. In the vanity. Everybody say vanity. Of their mind. This, by the way, is a that is the definition of sin. A mind that says, um, I, I can do what I want. I'm smart. I know what to do. There's no hell. There's no heaven. There's no God. Or if there's a God, he doesn't care. All these things that they do, that's vanity. Notice underneath, I put these words because this is the Greek word here. Uh, I mean, these are ways to explain it. To be futile, empty, or aimless. In other words, the vanity of their mind means the futility. For example, young boys that don't know if they're boys or girls that don't know if they're girls or a guy that doesn't know if he ought to murder someone. People whose lives are filled with futility. They're not sure what they ought to be doing. That is the very definition of sin. To say, God cannot tell me. God can't make me a boy or a girl. He can't make me what I am. I will do whatever I choose to do. That's, of course, an aimless life. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through what? The ignorance. They have no knowledge because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto, and I'm going to use the King James word here, lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. In other words, a lifestyle. All uh, moral impurity to live Work all moral uh, impurity with greediness means that's the lifestyle of sin. Well, listen to me. As sure as there is a lifestyle of sin, that is the unsaved lifestyle. Holiness is a spiritually changed life. That's what it is. That's why you can grow in it. You say, well, I don't understand. You don't have to understand. What you have to do is be hungry for it and say, I want what God wants in my life. So that's why it's the Holy Spirit. It's not the unholy spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. He comes into your life, a holy God, and he spiritually changes us, separates us from sin. And it is the separating from sin, turning from or abandoning the old sinful lifestyle for a godly spiritual lifestyle. Can we clap our hands and thank God for holiness? That's exactly what holiness is, a spiritually changed life. Now, two more things and we'll, we'll stand. If you can't tell the difference between it and the world, it's the world. That's how you know. If you can't tell the difference, is this godly or not, then it's the world. All right? <clears throat> And I, I want so much, folks, we're going to come back to the next lesson. We're going to go further into this course. We're going to keep going through Ephesians. If you can't tell the difference. Now, beware of a Christianity in which holiness has no meaning. In other words, you, you, they say it, but what is that? What is holiness? And that it, it is not a true separated lifestyle. When you're living holy, it's a lifestyle. It changes your speech, your dress. Your actions, it puts a smile on your face. It makes you, you literally become a new creature. Everybody think, can you say praise the Lord? Let's stand together, shall we? We're going to, I've got to move out of the way. They're coming and uh, we're getting ready for our uh, service time. Other classes will be joining us. But I wonder if we could stand together and let's lift our hands and thank God for the word of God today. Father, we thank you. We praise you because we feel the spirit of the Lord and the blessing of God is upon us. We ask, Lord, that you will bless each one. Allow the Holy Ghost to move in us right now. Let the will of God be accomplished through the word. Thank you for this 50th year of celebration, 50 and one half years. And we thank you, Lord, because you are in this place in a powerful way. 
Praise God. Amen. Anybody here love the word today? You love the word of God? God's word is true and it's awesome.